What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Recently, we did a accelerator, a 7 Figure Flipping Accelerator. We've done this every year for the past two years, and we broke it up this time into two days. It was on the 17th of August, and there's going to be another one on the 30th of August. We had four different presentations. Absolutely amazing. I've been traveling a ton. I just got back from uh, Las Vegas. I had a mastermind event there last week, and I woke up today going, oh my gosh, it's Flip Hacking Live in like seven weeks. So, uh, we got our foot on the gas pedal preparing for that and to prepare it for you. We're going to spend upwards of a million dollars on this event. Uh, if somebody was spending a million dollars on a party and willing to grow and help you grow and scale your business, would you attend? Uh, that's the question that I want you to ask yourself today. Um, Tyler Jensen today is... Um, a uh, house flipper in Salt Lake City, Utah. You guys probably know who he is if you've been listening to podcasts for a while. He gave an amazing presentation at the Accelerator. I want to share it with you guys today. These accelerators are basically like an appetizer for Flip Hacking Life. So if you listen to this, he's going to talk about the fundamentals, blocking and tackling of house flipping. And this is just a small taste of what you can expect at an event like Flip Hacking Life. So if you're serious about your business, you're serious about growing it or starting it, you have to attend this event. There are people there that have never done a deal before, and there's people there that are doing hundreds of deals a year, sitting right next to you in the audience. This is going to be a belief shift for you, a place that you can go to and see people that are doing things you couldn't even imagine, and they will power and fuel you to do the same and start a business that I know that you want to. If you're listening to this podcast, you're wanting to start, you're wanting to grow, you're wanting to scale, whatever it is that's in your heart. And this is the place to go. Go to fliphackinglive.com, grab a ticket, and uh, enjoy today's show. And I'll probably drip out a couple of the other ones over upcoming episodes um, from what we've done in the accelerator. There's still a chance to hop on to our accelerator as well. But don't wait. Grab your ticket to Flip Hacking Live. And on the last accelerator, we shared uh, something that we're doing with the 500K challenge and a couple bonuses if you get your ticket in the next few weeks. So go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your ticket. The prices go up every few weeks now as we lead up to the event. So in about a week or so, the prices are going to go up again and they're going to go up again. And tickets are usually $1,000 right before the event, a couple weeks before the event. So don't wait. Save some money. Grab your ticket. If you already have it, get really excited because you know what you're in store for. And if you've never been, um, you are in for a massive treat. So go to flipbackinglive.com, grab your ticket, enjoy today's show. Tyler Jensen talking about the fundamentals and blocking and tackling of real estate. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, let's get it. Good. We're going to get started here. Uh, like I said, the speakers that we have tonight uh, have also taken their time. Like these are folks that have successful businesses. They're doing a lot of stuff. They have families. They have commitments. They're they're doing all the things that we do, right? As entrepreneurs and people and, and husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, they're all busy but they have cleared their schedule and they have chosen to be here tonight with you guys. And, uh, and the first speaker is, is, is just going to blow the, the roof off this thing. He's going to set the bar high. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. I think you guys may be able to see him now. He's a really good friend of mine. It's somebody that I met just a few years ago at flip hacking live. He was sitting in the front row. And since then this guy's business has exploded. He has uh, quite a bit of celebrity in the real estate world as the seven day house flipper. Like I know people, it takes them a month, two months, six months, a year, whatever to flip a house. 
This guy does it in a week, right? In a week. Wrap your head around that for a minute. I'm not talking about changing doorknobs and a few light bulbs and calling it that, calling it good, right? We're talking full renovations here. So, guys, please make him feel super welcome. I'm so excited to have him here. One of my absolute best friends in the world, Tyler Jensen. Tyler. What is up? Mike, look at your shirt, brother. Like, no, right? Man, you, you just look good, twinkies. dude. Yeah, you look good too. We look like twins, <laughs> right? I know. I'm so, I'm so stoked for Flip Packing Live, and apparently you are too. So, dude, I'm I'm so excited. I'm so That's excited. These guys awesome. have no idea what they're in for with you. I'm gonna take notes. I always do when you talk. So, take it away, man. Go get them. All right. So I can't see my slides right now, but we'll we'll get there in just a second. Andre's gonna bring them up for me. So again, really quick background. My name is Tyler Jensen and we flip a lot of houses so we'll do just shy we did just shy of 100 houses last year we're going to beat that this year we'll uh we're well on our way to do 100 houses this year so right now we're doing 36 properties that we're flipping uh 36 different houses rehabs we're doing some multi-family stuff uh lots of different crazy things in my company i've been flipping houses for a long time i started in 2008 you want to talk about a different market than what it is now 2008 was definitely that. It was a totally different market than what it is today. And we've been successful because we've been able to adapt and change. And I'm gonna bring you into my world. I'm gonna open the doors to my business, show you exactly what I'm doing, what we're focusing on, what I'm worried about, what I'm not worried about, uh, and just give you the goods, right? I'm the first speaker, so I get to start, I get to set the bar high. And uh, I'm super excited for that. So let's dive in. I only have a few minutes that I can join in with you guys, but this is gonna be hopefully awesome. So again, I'm a house flipper. Mike is really good at wholesaling. I am really good at flipping houses. So everything that you should, even if you are a wholesaler, don't tune out, right? You need to know this stuff. You need to know how buyers like me are thinking. And if you're a flipper, I'm gonna dive in really deep into your business and give you the goods of everything that I'm doing in my company right now. And it's really, we're going to get into blocking and tackling. It's really, really fundamentals. So what I want to do, my presentation is called uh, Flipping Fundamentals. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the very fundamentals, doing layups over and over again, blocking and tackling, whatever you want to call it. We're just going to get into the flipping fundamentals on how to grow and scale your business to doing 100 deals a year. So let's get into it. The biggest thing, the biggest issue I hear right now is, is contractors and how do we manage project, pro, uh, do project management. And I know another person who's gonna come on later tonight who's gonna talk about raising money. Those are the two big things. How do I manage contractors and projects and get them to the finish line? And then how do I raise capital to flip houses? We're gonna cover both of those tonight. So I'm gonna take the project management side. That's what I'm really good at. I have a manufacturing background. I really like taking something in a process from A to Z and how do we do it really efficiently? So flipping houses in seven days, um, how do we flip houses quickly? How do we manage contractors? How do we find contractors? I'm gonna talk about all of that stuff right now. And then my good friend is gonna talk about raising capital and how you can raise $500,000 for your business in the next 30 days. So we'll stay tuned for that because that presentation is coming. It's gonna follow me, but we split it up just to make it a little bit easier for you house flippers. So. Let's dive in right into these flipping fundamentals. You have to understand your why. I always start with my why. I And it's funny that it's so cliche now, right? People always say, oh, well, my why is my kids. Okay, what is, what is truly your why? What is motivating you to be successful? And for me, it was this, right? I wanted that freedom of time, freedom financially, and I wanted to be able to give back. Those are the three pillars to me of what success looks like. 
so I could hang out with these guys. I have four amazing boys you can see in this picture. We call it the testosterone zone at my house. We've had, we just got my four-year-old jumped off our playset and broke four bones. Uh, it's all boy all the time at my house. But these guys are my driving force, man. This is what I do. What I do is I do it for them. And I want that freedom of time, that freedom financially that we can go to Disneyland or we can go wherever it is. And I could get to spend time with them. And I don't have to worry necessarily about being in the weeds of my business. So you have to understand that. Always start with your why. One of my great mentors, I, not really a mentor, but someone I look up to, one of my heroes, I guess, is Michael Jordan, right? The best of the best. He's the GOAT. Get the fundamentals down and the level of everything you do will rise. Man, that is so powerful. I'm going to read it again. Get the fundamentals down and the level of everything you do will rise. I truly believe that. So we're going to, again, we're going to get right into the fundamentals of flipping houses. Okay, the fundamentals. Paint the house up, down. You have to know how to paint the house first before you can do all the other stuff, right? You can't do a crane kick unless you know how to paint the house. Up, down, basic fundamentals. Okay, so right now you have the three pillars of flipping a house. Okay, the three pillars are this. You have your ARV, that's your roof, your after repaired value. What are you gonna sell the house for? That's super important. Before, six months ago, we didn't, that, that roof was always going up, right? We were in a super appreciating market. Now it's slowed down a little bit. You're seeing houses sit on the market a little bit longer. Inventory is coming up. So that ARV is really important to make sure that you nail down and that you're being conservative on that ARV. You don't want to shoot for COVID pricing, what we were doing six months ago, and getting $50,000 over asking. Those days are gone. We miss those. So now we got to get back to just good core business fundamentals. So ARV is at the top. Your three pillars that always, I talk about this all the time, but if you can control these three things in flipping houses, you will be successful. And they are time. You have to control the time of the project because if you go too long, it's going to burn money, right? You're going to have holding costs and utilities and insurance and all this stuff that every day the house sits, you're losing money. So you got to be able to control the time. The budget, if you go over budget, any rehabbers who have ever done a flip, I guarantee if you've ever flipped a house, you've probably gone over budget. How do we control that? How do we manage that budget? And then quality. If you're putting out lipstick on a pig, I hate that term. And I hate when flippers use it. Oh, we're just putting lipstick on a pig. Buyers know that. And they know that you're really putting lipstick on a pig. They, they know what a pig looks like with lipstick. So you've got to be able to put out a good quality product that you're proud of, that you, you have your signature on, you, your stamp of approval, and you put out a good quality product. And the last thing, right, your foundation where you're buying your houses is crucially important. You have to buy your properties right. You have to buy them at a discount and enough that you can raise the value, force the appreciation, and you can make a profit on the end. So buying, it's really, really hard to recover from a bad buy. You can do everything else right, but if you bought it wrong or your ARV is too low, those two things will collapse your house. So you have to control all five of these things knowing that the three pillars are what hold this thing up. So let's keep cruising on. All right. So finding contractors. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want, but I will look for you and I will find you. So many people come to me and they're like, hey, I, I just need to find deals. And then I can't find any good contractors. It's because they're not looking for good contractors. You're not making the same effort that you did to find that deal to find a good contractor, which is almost equally as important. Because if you get a bad contractor, trust me, I've gone through hundreds of bad contractors 
and lost tens of thousands of dollars with bad contractors, it's worth your time to go and find these good contractors. We're gonna talk a little bit, how do you find them? All right, who feels like this? Waiting on my contractor to show up. Yeah, right? Getting bids is a pain and actually having a GC come that doesn't give you the same excuse, oh, my, my grandma died again for the third time this week, right? Or the third time this month or whatever it is, right? We hear all those excuses from contractors and we've gotta be able to avoid them. And how do we get good contractors that wanna do well, that wanna succeed, that wanna grow with our company? All right, so finding contractors, how do you build the dream team? Where do you find them? Let's start with that. You go where contractors are, right? Just like motivated sellers, we're putting our direct mail or we're doing whatever else to get in front of these sellers. What are you doing to find these good GCs? What are you doing to find your A team? So finding contractors, I, I did uh, a video, 25 ways to find contractors. I think it's somewhere on, look at YouTube and seven figure flipping or something like that. And it's in there. I did 25 ways how you can find contractors. Contact Doppel and who's getting a new business license as a general contractor. Go to Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, go to the pro desk and find out who these good contractors are. Go to RIA groups and ask who other flippers are using for contractors. Get in Facebook groups. We have a group here in Utah called Connect Utah. There's about uh, 80,000 people in that group and it's all about connecting with resources. I need a window guy, I need a plumber, I need an electrician and I'm stealing everybody else's posts. Oh, my brother's an electrician, give him a call. And I'm taking all of those to find really good contractors. And now I'm in a place that I've built my team that I haven't had to go and find new contractors. I've had, I have a group of four really good contractors that solely work for us now, but I built the A team. I took the time to find those good contractors. They wanted to grow and they wanted to grow with me. And we'll talk more about that as well, how you keep those good contractors and keep them working. Why do they want to work with you? Uh, there's so many good things on why would they work with you instead of another flipper? I solve pain for contractors. I want to help them to get paid every week. That's important to contractors. They always, they live paycheck to paycheck. And if you can pay them every week, they're going to be very loyal to you. I give them bonuses. We have Christmas parties. They come to our summer party. I know their families. Uh, last summer, we rented out a water park and I invited all of my GCs, all of my subs, all of their kids, and they loved it. It endeared them to me and to my company. I took care of them. We had a really good culture that they felt like they could be a part of. And so why do they want to work with you? Solve the pain. They don't have to go find more work. They get paid every Friday. They know exactly how much they're going to make. They don't have to bid out stuff. Um, it's really, really simple to work with us. And that's what I wanted. I want contractors to, to do that and to know that. So what can you offer them that no one else will, right? Pay them every Friday. Not everyone is doing that. We Again, we only pay on stuff that's completed, 100% done. But if it's 100% done, they get paid for it every single Friday without fail. We make it really easy for them, for them. Why will they keep working for you? Because we have good culture. We used to do like cookie runs and pizza runs and whatever. We'd take them Gatorade. And nobody else is doing that. Everyone just treats these contractors like they're subhuman almost, right? Oh, you guys are just the GCs, you're idiots. That's not how we do it in my company. We take very good care of them because we want them to stay because that's where we make a lot of our money is with good contractors. All right, so working with contractors. Okay, deposit. I'm gonna give you some just simple things that we do in my company that have made us really successful. We do not do deposits for general contractors, ever. No 50% down, 
know any of that. I just got, we we're bringing on a new, uh, we're in a different market and we're bringing on a new general contractor. We had a $180,000 estimate and he said, he's like, Hey, here's my, my bid is 180 grand and I'm going to need half down, half down. Could you imagine getting a general contractor $90,000 before he did any of the work? That is insane to me, right? I would never do that. Why he would even ask me the gall that he would even ask me for a $90,000 deposit is just incredible. There is no recourse. If, if something happens and he gets hit by a truck, what happens to that $90,000, right? He could be in Mexico and he'd be gone. So we never do deposits. And that's gotta be a negotiating skill that you create with your contractors. Okay, so we don't do deposits. When do they get paid? They get paid upon completion. So we don't give them upfront money. I don't give them money for materials. We pay for all the materials um, and they don't need to get paid upfront for demo. Finish demo and I'll pay you for it. That's how we do it in my company. We make it really, really simple that we control the money. And I'm gonna talk more about that in just a second. How do you pay them? So can you pay them every week? Do you have a system and a process that you can do that? I make all of my GCs get a bank account at my bank. Why? Because we have a system and we have a process. So every Friday I can do payroll from Disneyland if I need to, right? I can do what I could pay my contractors really simply from an app on my phone. That is a really good process that I have created for my GCs. I'm not saying you have to do that, but there's a lot of other ways, e-checks or um, bill.com or a lot of other things that you can do to pay contractors every week, but just create a good system. And if they have consistency, they're gonna wanna stay with you. How much do they get paid? Uh, they could probably make a lot more money working for someone else, but they like that consistency. Again, I take away the pain. I'm not gonna pay retail. I'm gonna very negotiate my rates, but they get paid a fair price. And that's what's important to me is that they get paid uh, fairly. They don't get paid. I'm not getting that, making them a ton of money or whatever, but having a good, a good woman is great. But when you find a good contractor, hold on to him. This is me with my contractors. You can see this guy on the right hand side, right? He's holding on to that contractor. You've got to take really good at these care of these contractors. And I promise you that they'll take really good care of you. Quick story on that really fast. Um, we had a house that had three sheds in it. Why you would need three sheds, I have no idea. Three sheds, two of them were really nice. One needed to be tore down. And my GC just, this happened like three weeks ago. The GC texted me, he's like, hey, what, what's the plan with these sheds? Um, I'm looking at building a shed. I was gonna buy one, uh, but would you be cool if I took one of these sheds? And it doesn't cost me anything, right? I already bought the house, I already own the sheds. I could sell them, I don't wanna do that. So I said, you know what? I appreciate what you're doing. Take one of the sheds free of charge. You're doing an awesome job, thanks again. What did that do to the GC in my relationship? It created such a powerful loyalty and bond between us. The shed meant nothing to me, but the intrinsic value that I gave to that GC, that I gave him this $1,200 shed was massive, right? Since then, he's been so appreciative, so grateful that I gave him this shed. He's been working hard, he's staying late. He's getting a ton of stuff done because I created that loyalty with him. So keep these contractors. Again, it didn't cost me anything. I already owned the shed. I, was, I didn't need three sheds on the property. One was probably plenty. I didn't need any of them. Honestly, he could have taken them both. But I gave him the shed to create that endearment. And that is huge. That's how I've been really successful with my contractors. So working with contractors, you have to keep the power. I'm going to speed through this just for sake of time but you have to control the power. 
And what is the power? The power is money. If you give them $90,000 up front, you've lost all your leverage, all your power. Good luck getting them back. If you hand this contractor a bag of money, they're going to take that money and they are usually are not the best fiduciaries of your money. They are not going to invest it well in the stock market, right? And give you a good return. They're going to take it and they're going to cash flow their other projects. So they're going to burn it really fast. So you have to control the power. The power is money, right? It's so easy to be a good communicator when you have the money and when you have the power. Hey, you didn't show up to get it done. I, I can't pay you until it's finished. That is a lot. I have a lot more power in that situation than, oh, I've already paid you money. When are you going to come back? I need you to come back and finish this job. I've already paid you for it, right? I hold the power in that situation. Super important with contractors. Control the money. I've expressed that a lot, right? You have to control the money. So we have KPIs that all of my GCs follow. How much are we spending every week? That's a huge KPI for me. If we're not spending any money, I know that the project isn't moving forward. I want them to spend money. I want them to get paid every week because that helps me control a lot of the other things down line. Pay them a fair price. It's so important. Don't try and, and undercut these GCs. They, they're a dying breed. Not a lot of people are going into physical labor anymore. Have you noticed that? They're all going into uh, tech or software engineering or something like that. They're not going into physical labor. So those general contractors are disappearing. We're, we definitely have a shortage of general contractors because people don't want to do physical labor anymore. They're going into other things, other industries that are happening. So pay them a fair price. Negotiate with them. I'm not saying you don't negotiate with them. I think that you should. But make it a livable wage, right? We need to be fair to them. You want them to make money so they keep coming back and then they continue to work for you. Standardized pricing. I'm going to hit on this really, really quick. It's a really big topic. But with all four of my GCs, we standardized the price. And how this came to be is I was frustrated of going through properties and our estimate of rehab was always way off. I would estimate 40 grand. They would come back and say, no, it's going to be 60 grand. I, I hated that, right? So I sat them all down in one room and I said, hey, guys, I got to figure this out. I have to figure out how I can go in and we can streamline this process. So when I look at a property, I know exactly what all four of you are thinking. And we came up with standardized pricing. So we went through everything, all of our budget. How much does it cost to install a pre-hung door? This guy was 300 bucks. This guy was 50 bucks. Okay, cool. Well, what's a fair price that we can all agree on? Okay, it's 100 bucks. Okay, perfect. So now going forward, every pre-hung door that we do is $100. All four of my GCs get paid the same thing. Now I don't have to go get bids every single time from GCs. I tell them, I'm going to pay you $100 for every pre-hung door that you hang and I'll buy it and I'll pay for the material, right? And that number has changed. And I'll show you as we get into the budget, how that works. But it made it really, really simple for me that I could streamline the process and it carries through the whole thing. Really quick story again, my acquisition rep, her name is Mel. New acquisition rep, we've been training her a lot. We've been showing her how to estimate ARVs. She comes up and says, hey, Tyler, I think I'm really confident in estimating these rehabs. She said, I think this rehab is gonna be about $48,000. And my GC walked the property, did a scope of work. He said, hey, I think it's going to be 47500 is what his bid came back at. They had not talked together. They did not know what each other's number was. But we were so tight in that standardized pricing and that we could streamline that process all the way through that we were off by $500. So from my acquisitions rep to my GC and my scope of work was a $500 difference. 
that is pretty amazing that you can streamline that process. The only way that I know how to do that is by using standardized pricing. Figure out you own a construction company. You need to understand construction, understand the pricing of it, understand the order of operations, understand how much does a pre-hung door cost at Home Depot and how much should I be paying to install that? I'm not going to pay the guy 300 bucks. That's retail, right? I'm going to negotiate. I might pay half that and pay 150 bucks. But now when I'm walking through a property, I can pick every, I can count 10 doors at $150 in labor and $110 at Home Depot. Now I know exactly how much it's going to cost me indoors. And we did that through everything. And I'll show you that here in just a second. So right here, this is our budget. Okay. This is a Google spreadsheet. This is currently a house that we're doing right now. So again, you'll see that our budget is really, really tight. On some of these line items, we've negotiated rates. I think this is plumbing. I use this as, a, as an example. We've negotiated rates with our plumber. Every toilet that he installs is a fixed rate. We use the same toilets in all of our properties. I know the cost of the toilet from Home Depot, and I know how much it's going to cost me in labor. Now my acquisition rep can go through and we use a different sheet. Um, it's a, a home visit walkthrough that has a lot of this similar stuff on it, but a little more generic. And she can go through and estimate these rehabs. It needs two toilets and it needs this. So, okay, two toilets at a hundred dollar install and they cost us a hundred bucks at Home Depot. It makes it really clean to keep that budget straight. So again, we have this budget, we use it all the time and it's a growing document. It changes every day. And why? Look at late lumber prices, right? The last 18 months, lumber has just gone through the roof. It's been insane. Same with all, a lot of other supplies. For a while, we couldn't get appliances. Then we couldn't get a, uh, furnaces. Then we were short on electrical stuff. So the price is going to change all the time. So we use that historical data. And on the, the last flip that we completed, perfect. Here's the budget. Now we, we do it again. And what is the pricing changed? It's okay to change this budget. It's actually highly recommended that this is a living, growing document, and then it's always gonna change, and that's okay. Labor can go up, materials can go up, they can go back down, but it's constantly changing from project to project, and we're using that historical data. The more that we do, the better understanding we have of, oh, we know exactly how much this costs. So we use this same template over and over and over again. We just change the project, and we update pricing at least once a week. Pricing is getting updated on the spreadsheet. All right, cool. Creating a consistent scope of work. So a budget template. Use still mine. I'm sure you can find it on the interwebs somewhere. My budget is out there. Really quick, funny story. I went to a, a RIA presentation. Someone else was speaking and they get up and they say, I created this amazing budget. Check it out. And they pulled up my budget and they had just changed the logo. I thought it was great. Take it. Use my budget, but don't use it as doctrine. My numbers are going to be very different than your numbers. And you need to find out what you can get that price with your contractors, okay? Reviewing your budget versus actual, super important. Every You have to have a quarterback meeting is what we call it, right? The quarterback meeting is after the flip has happened. We're watching game film, if you will. We're going back and looking at what happened. We said it was gonna be $50,000. What happened? What were the variances? What did we miss? How can we get better next time? I'm meeting with my GC, that, they're involved in the quarterback meeting, my disposition, rep, our realtor who sells the properties, he's in that meeting. And our acquisition team, hey, you missed the, the rehab number. How do we make it better, right? So we have, we review these budget versus actuals. We call it our quarterback meeting, okay? Just like every Sunday you go play football and then Monday you have your quarterback meeting, you review film, what happened, what do we do wrong? 
What could I have done better? Okay, super important. Working with your crew, using resources, getting better every time. Okay, I'm just gonna skip through those bullet points um, for sake of time, but that's how we're doing it is creating a consistent scope of work. Managing materials, this is exactly how we do it. We do a text to confirm. I can review it, someone in my team can review it, whoever it is that we put in charge of that text to confirm from Home Depot. I don't know that Lowe's offers that or not. Probably a big reason why we use Home Depot is because we like that feature and we like the back office of Home Depot better than at Lowe's. So use ProDesk Pickup. We'll call in an order. We have a ProDesk rep. We spend so much money at Home Depot that we'll go in our Home Depot app. We'll, we'll do an order. We'll send her a text message. She'll have it pulled the next day and ready to go for my GCs. They can go pick it up, load it in their truck and go to the job site. They're not spending four hours at Home Depot. Online orders, use, use the ProDesk at whatever it is, Lowe's, Floor and Decor, Home Depot. Use the ProDesk to your advantage and leverage the crap out of them. Make them do work for you because it's free and it doesn't cost money. We've negotiated free delivery with Home Depot. We, sit, we spend so much money. So they'll, they'll do free delivery for us on occasion to a few of these job sites that we do. So we'll just do a big order and have them deliver it because we leverage those people, okay? Um, $5 Home Depot run. So some of my GCs are like, hey, if I'm gonna go to Home Depot, even though you're buying materials, I need to get paid for that time. So we do a, a fixed $500 Home Depot run money, right? So you get to go to the Home Depot and if you go once, you make $500. If you go 500 times, you make a dollar. Right, so it's up to you on how organized you are as a contractor. We incentivize our GCs to go to Home Depot less, right, so they can spend more time on my job sites. Okay, I'm gonna keep re jamming through this. So in a changing market, being able to pivot matters. Okay, it is super important to be able to change quickly. So here's our KPIs for our weekly spend. If you're doing $10,000 a week, that is next level, right? We try and hit that as often as we can how do we hit 10 grand a week on every single property? If you're at zero to five, right? Then you're your, your properties aren't moving fast enough, okay? You've gotta be able to spend money so you can get the property done. So standardized, standardized timeline, stacking contractors, having multiple contractors on the job site at the same time. My roof guy can be there the same time my painter guy is, right? Some people don't like to do that. Oh, the roof guy's there so the painter can't be. That's BS in my world, okay? You have to stack those contractors. Control the contractors, they work for you, right? Oh, I don't wanna be there if the roofer's there. I don't wanna, I don't wanna paint because the roofer's there. That has nothing to do with you. You're not even gonna see him, you'll be fine, right? Control the contractors. So managing your timeline. Usually why your project isn't moving forward is you're not spending money. You have dead days is what we call them. A dead day is when no one's on the job site. I hate those. If I ever show up to a job site and no one's there, it's like taking out a $100 bill and lighting it on fire because that's my real holding cost, right? My average holding cost was $127 a day per property. So we have 35 properties at $127 a day. If no one's on the job site, I'm getting pretty fired up because that's a lot of money that we're missing, okay? Cash flow. I'm going to just hit this really, really quickly. People who can manage their cash flow in this business will win. I'm just... That's a true fact statement. You have to manage your cash flow. We use a system called Profit First. There's Profit First for real estate investors, the original book, Profit First, right? Read those principles. How can you live on less, right? Take the profit first, reduce your expenses, 
And that becomes your operating income, right? How do you work on less? So we follow profit first. We do four different bank accounts uh, that we use, and you can see those. I won't get into them deep. Try, don't ever mix the investor funds and operation funds. Let me just be that a warning to you. If you raise $50,000 for a rehab, keep that in a separate bank. That does not pay payroll. That does not pay Tyler. That does not pay for Disneyland trips, anything like that. That investor money is sacred money and it goes directly to the property that it was for. Do not integrate that money. You will lose it. It, it creates this false sense that you have money in your bank account when you truly don't. So that's my advice on this cash flow. Okay. Understand your burn rate versus your build rate. When am I going to get paid versus how much money is going out? You need to understand that as a rehabber. It is crucial to your business. You can be a profitable business and go out of business by not dealing with cash flow. You have to manage that. All right. Knowing your numbers. This is what I look at every single week. I look at two income statements every week. I look at all of the sold properties and I look at all of the active properties. So every Tuesday at 10 o'clock, I meet with my um, bookkeeper and we go over all of this. Then we also go over budget versus actual. I want to see properties that we've sold or even current properties. Where are we at to what we thought we would be at? Super important to track. And then having that consistent, um, oh, your rehab funds bank account. I, I check the bank account all the time. How are we doing on funds? Do I need to more, raise more capital? Are we okay? If we're going to go over budget, I need to know that, right? Managing your cash flow. All right. I'm gonna just going to click through these so you can see them all. And then I'll talk through them. So here is, oh, back a slide. One more. All right, perfect. Okay, last couple of slides and I'm going to wrap it up. Here is everything that we use in my company, creating systems and processes, basic fundamentals, HubDoc. It's all of my GCs send invoices to our HubDoc account. Our HubDoc account ties it into QuickBooks. I have a copy of every single, a digital copy of every single receipt, every single invoice, everything goes through HubDocs. My bookkeeper syncs it into QuickBooks and makes it really easy. Deluxe e-checks. We don't use that very much anymore. If we need to on different subs or something like that, then we'll use e-checks so we can pay them back. Greenback is, is great to sync Home Depot with QuickBooks. So you can use that. Flipper Force, we use that in Virginia. It's a property management company or a property management software, sorry. And it helps you just organize your flip. So we use that in my Virginia company. We don't use it in Utah. Uh, it just never took, my GCs couldn't handle it. They liked the spreadsheet and they were comfortable with it. And so we stuck with that. Um, the Home Depot Pro Extra account. We get a ton of Home Depot perks. They just raise your perks from $100,000 that you could get perks, right? You make $2,500, something like that on your perks. And they raise it to a million now. So you get a ton of perks with Home Depot. Going through the bid room, using the NREA discount. There's a ton of stuff on there. QuickBooks, Amazon business account. We order a lot of light fixtures through Amazon. And some tile. We use a lot of backsplashes from Amazon that are cheaper on Amazon than they are in Home Depot. Slack is how we communicate. Cashback credit card, right? We either use Delta Sky Miles or a, a Capital One or yeah, Capital One Spark card that we get 2% back. When you're spending a half a million dollars on rehab, getting 2% back is a big deal on a credit card. Okay, Matterport gives you a 3D model of the rehab. Boxer, Google Docs, MLS Access, List Source. That's where we're pulling a lot of our leads from. Um, so take a picture of this. This is all the systems that we use in my business right now. I'm gonna flip through this really quick as well. Here's all the people. Oh, too far. 
here is all the people uh, or, that we use in my, so we, a weekly project management meeting. I'm the project manager in Utah because I didn't feel like I needed one. I fired my project manager two years ago and we've never hired one back because my GCs owned it. They said, hey, we don't want a project manager. We can manage these projects. And I just oversee them. It takes me a half an hour a week meeting with all the GCs. Hey, how's everything going? Uh, we do a dibs meeting where my acquisition rep and my disposition rep and the GCs will go through. They walk through the house. We call it the dibs meeting because you always find stuff. And uh, if you call dibs on the stuff that you find, you get it, right? That's the first walkthrough that we do. The QB meeting, after every flip, we do that. A Matterport review, if we use a Matterport, uh, we can record it on Zoom going through the Matterport. They can use it as a reference. Um, I'm not going to dive deep into that. Anyways, you can see one-on-ones with my team. I meet with my office manager. I meet with my investors uh, once a month. Just give them a phone call. Hey, what's going on? This is what's happening. You have any more money you want to invest, right? You know anybody else who wants to invest? Uh, here's everything that's happening. We do a quarterly GC luncheon where I get all my luncheon, my GCs together. I do a quarterly mastermind, which is huge. We just did one in Chicago. It's amazing. Meeting with high-level people is super important to growing my business. A biannual company party. So in February, we're taking all my GCs on a cruise and their spouses. Super important. Again, it's all about culture for me. They've made me a lot of money, so I want to give it back to them and show them that they're important. And then an owner's meeting and then a board retreat. A board retreat. I've used Disneyland a lot in this topic, but... Uh, that's a board retreat. They're my board of directors and I take them to Disneyland and it's a tax write-off and we talk business. We talk, my kids are invest in my company and there's just a lot of things that we do. So anyways, with that being said, you can kill the slides now, Andre. I think that's the last one anyways. Uh, kill the slides. And, uh, thank you guys. This is awesome. Like I, hopefully you got a ton of value. I know I was talking super, super fast, but when you only have 25 minutes to cover a decade of house flipping is really a challenge, but there's going to be a ton more at Flip Hacking Live. Uh, we'll dive in deep. We'll get into to some really uh, deep topics at Flip Hacking Live. I'll be there. You're welcome to come and sit with me at dinner. Talk to me about flipping houses, your biggest problems, your pain points, anything like that. I would love to chat with you one-on-one, -on -one, uh, but I'm here for you. I'm, I'm happy to help you. Anything you need from me, uh, you guys have been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll see you guys at Flip Hacking Live. <clears throat> All right. Am I back on? You guys see me? Tyler, you're amazing. Thank you. I don't know if you can bring Tyler back on, Andre. Is that possible to put him side by side with me again? Are you there, Tyler? Can you hear me? Yep. I'm still here. Still here. Okay. I don't know if they can make that magic happen, but if you could put it side by side, that would be great back uh, stage there, guys. But Tyler, during your presentation, uh, there uh, was a little bit of an audio video problem. So if you could like quickly just summarize, summarize your payment page when it comes to payments and deposits, like how do you pay and how much deposit do you give? If Can you just sum that up real quick? Because it, it yep. cut out. I don't think people heard it. Oh, got it. Yeah, so payments and deposits. So I talked about how I have systems and processes on how we do that. So for me, they all of my GCs will send me an invoice on Thursday morning of stuff that they have completed from last Thursday to this Thursday. They'll give me a um, an invoice of completed work, only completed work. If sheetrock is 98% done, I am not paying for it. It has to be 100% done. And then they'll send me an invoice on Thursday 
And then Friday, I'll trans, I'll review the invoice, make sure that I feel like it's accurate. And then I pay them on Friday. So I send them, right? I make them get a bank account that I bank with. So all of my GCs and all of my subs have the same bank as me because I wanted to streamline it, right? I'm like, hey, I can send you a check in the mail or you can go and create this bank account. So we put it right into their bank account. They get paid. They don't have to wait for a check. They don't have to cash it. It goes right into their bank account. Makes it super simple. So they they bank at the same bank. When you first said that, I thought you said they have the same bank account. I'm like, wait, that sounds like a real problem. (laughs) Same bank. Got it. Yeah, I just use my bank. No, same same bank account. Or sorry, same bank, different accounts. And I send it right into their bank account. So they don't know how much money is in my bank account. I don't want to know how much is in theirs. Um, Got it. But I send it. it with with our app, it makes it really easy with bank to bank transfer that I can put it right into their bank account, right from my nice. phone. I love it. You know what I don't like about sometimes these virtual events is you can't get the clap off. Can you hear that? Can you hear it? Nice. <laughs> Clapping you off. I can't all right. see it. I can feel I know. It. We can't see it, but that's all right. We, we can feel the, the love right now. I can see the chat. Put, it, put some all right. love yeah. in the chat. Tell, Give me a clap. That, there you go. Listen, thanks, man, Tyler. I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> For sure. Thank you. Nice shirt, all right. by the way. Thank See you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. How amazing was that presentation? I um, I wasn't able to attend that accelerator because I was in Las Vegas for a mastermind, but I've watched it afterwards and man, they are dropping some gold in here. So we're going to do a couple more episodes coming up of this accelerator, but this is a small appetizer. Like I said, a small taste of what Flip Hacking Live is going to be. You have got to be at this event. Like do whatever it takes to get there. I know what it is. I know it's time away from your family and your business. I know that there's a cost. I know that there's a flight. I know that there's a hotel. I know there's all of these things, but if you are serious about this business, you will figure out a way to do it. And that's, this is the thing that changed everything for me. The reason why I'm so passionate about this event, why I put so much time, I spent seven months planning this event, building out this event, looking at everything that's going on in the world, in the marketplace, in, in real estate and house flipping and wholesaling business, all of our mastermind members, I take it all and I create three full days of content for you guys, different speakers. I still have a couple gaps that I'm waiting to see what happens with the market, what happens with the real estate cycle to make sure that I slip the, just the perfect person in there for you guys. Um, we really spend a lot of time putting this event together and take you on a journey over those three days. So, um, Live events, if you're sitting there like, oh, I'd rather just have virtual, I'd rather sit in my house. I'm telling you right now, the best way to experience and see a transformation in yourself, your business, your life, everything that you need, it's in a live, It's at a live event. It's at a live event because it's immersion. You are truly immersed in that experience. It's all the things that are happening during the event, before the event, during the breaks, at lunches, the people that you meet, the conversations that you have. And if you're an introvert, that's okay. There's plenty of extroverts that will pull you along and reach down and help you up. And just sitting there and experience, you can sit in the back and be quiet and not talk to anybody and have a life-changing experience. It's very difficult to have that on a Zoom call or have it on a virtual event. So that's why I'm really passionate about live events. I really think they're incredibly important. And my mission, my goal in life right now is to transform you and help you come out of that struggle that you have, that thing that's holding you back, that fear. And that's what we push through at an event like this and and get you to the other side of fear because that's where success, happiness, and everything that you want sits on the other side of fear. So I'll see you guys there. Go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your ticket, and um, Enjoy the upcoming episodes. Enjoy the things that we're putting out. Let's learn about the speakers. Meet the speakers. Tyler's going to be speaking in some of the upcoming uh, presentations on this podcast are going to be some of the speakers at Flip Hacking Live. You're going to see 
massive quality. They're absolutely amazing and they know what they're talking about. They're open and willing to share everything with you on the show and on the stage. And during the breaks and the lunches and we have VIP lunches where we uh, do Q&A and things like that. It's just an absolutely amazing event. So go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your ticket. I'll see you there. It's in Orlando, Florida, October 13th, 14th, and 15th. Fliphackinglive.com. Don't wait till the prices go up. Grab your ticket right now. Put your phone down right now. Go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your ticket. I'll see you there. Bye.